Hey sluts, welcome back to the Slutrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D. In today's episode, we will be discussing more of the business side of e-commerce, and I can't wait to introduce you to the CEO of Ship Hero. Ship Hero is a software for warehouses to outsource your shipping, where they manage over 4,000 e-commerce brands, including mine, and I contribute so much of the success and ease of the transition into my new warehouse because of Ship Hero. So let's give a warm welcome to Nicholas. This is a two-hour episode, which by far is still one of my favorites. Love the professionalism. Thank you. You got this. Thank you very much. So, what a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. You fucking nutcase you. You're on my show today. Yeah, I like it. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to preface this with uh i've seen a bunch of your stuff obviously um i think the highlight of uh working with you is not so much being oh yeah uh aka 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 is using our (laughs) software that we started eight years ago but it's um i've you know, we'll, we'll go through this, like the, this experience of building a business. And I, I think there's a whole bunch of stuff that you said that really resonates, but the, um, the thing that got me was when, when we had the chance to do a story on what you're doing. And the one thing that I didn't want to do, because I just get the sense it's kind of a, it's like a trope at this point. Um, that you've been doing time and time again, like yeah, this is how I got started. This is what I'm doing. Blah blah blah. blah. Right? There's there's more to the story because it's really about the the thing that got me. Um, it's this. So I'm obviously I'm a white male. So there are going to be certain things I don't understand. Plus I'm British, so I'm just fucking weird anyway. But the the thing that <laughs> um, I was really. Uh, really drawn to was this i don't know there's this element of spit it out just spit it out no jesus christ british people beat around the bush um it's being able to expose (laughs) yourself (laughs) yeah beat around the bush um being able to expose expose, yourself that's the way to to be vulnerable to be vulnerable that's that's a better i mean not well, my masseuse told me yesterday, she was tell you know, she was asking me what I do and then it got to me selling dicks and she was yeah. like, you know, I used to go to these um, nude resorts and I was like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to been one, go to one, but Definitely. I always thought they were just like old swingers and whatnot. <laughs> and she was like, no, no, you know, tell me about it. She was like, you know, you really can just get to know one so much quicker without all the layers on. She was like, you can't just be a dick if you don't have clothes on. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. And it's true. That's like crazy. there's a there's a beauty in just showing, giving it all, just showing it all off because yeah. not everyone is comfortable with people judging them. And since I've just been doing it so long and have been judged my whole life, even as a young girl, just expected to be this sex robot, you know, it's already going to happen anyways. And no one can blackmail you if you already blackmail yourself. 
So that's, 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 a good that's kind of the, yeah, the you're, group you're, I'm in right now. Yeah, you're, taking that, you're taking that weapon away from others. I think the, the other thing that uh, resonated as well was the, so you were sat, like you just got your new warehouse. You sat outside, you sat on the ground, you've got like fucking phone in front of you and you're just like, all right just fucking got this place. Like, obviously this is not an overnight thing. You've been working at this for years, but it's like, there are these moments of realization that are like, holy shit. Like, and you were having one of those moments. Um, and that was a, that was a beautiful thing to witness, but the whole notion of, okay, so here's someone, obviously they're sort of figuring shit out accidentally on purpose. And, they're getting all the shit. Maybe from you're the, like related. They're getting all the shit from the. Post I was gonna office. say, uh, like you're going down to the post um, office and getting all this. You know, there's an element of people want people to succeed. We love the success story, but there are so many people out there that really don't fucking want it. Like, <laughs> and that that was part of, you know, that's part of your reveal, part of your, um, making yourself vulnerable as you're expressing that. And yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I I was going to ask you, did you like relate to that moment? Is that kind of why it touched you more? Uh, so I'm a bit of a robot. Um, I, I put way too much analysis into things. So when I was looking at, uh, when I was watching, I was watching through the lens of how is this person able to be so human? How is this person Mm -hmm. able to just be so comfortable like and not like you're no, amazing because you do it it's like uh, related to me right because that's yeah. essentially my struggle is instead okay. of the stiff upper lip and all that stuff now i'm doing marketing um for me what i'm really passionate about is going over against all these long time players that you know in in my world it's like you don't fucking innovate you um you rip people off, you hold people back. Um, your way of winning is by uh, cheating. Why don't you just create a great product, create like a great service? Create, um, imagine working in a company where the people that you get to work with are people that you want to work with. And it isn't like, oh, yeah, arsehole number five is that guy, but he crushes it or what it. No, I don't, we don't want any of that. You know, we don't want our souls. Um, me and Aaron were on um, Clubhouse last night. It was a really shit uh, conversation. It was terrible. I, I think we had one person show up for 10 minutes and then they disappeared because they were like, what the hell have I stumbled into? But it was arguing oh, no. about the need for resumes. Um, like, Interesting. That's so an Aaron's interesting saying, subject. like, we don't want, uh, we don't care about resumes. And for me, it's still a shock to the system because that's all I've done. I'm like, well, wait. How do you, if you're hiring people not on resumes, how do you do it? It was kind of interesting. We we ended in a place where we didn't agree. Um, of course we didn't. But the the whole notion of hiring people not because they know everything or not because it somehow the, the somehow categorizes the best at everything, but you're like building this team of people that are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm hungry, I want to do stuff, I want to do the right thing. Um, well, let of, me ask you this. Yeah. Are there two types of 
uh, employees where there's one with the resume, they paid for the college degree. Maybe they feel um, not entitled to the job, but they put, they laid down the hard work for it. Um, and then there's the person without a degree who's hungry for work, that's willing to take any rate, um, that's also moldable, that can yeah. be built into the type of employee you have. So I feel yeah. like companies kind of go this way or the other, depending on yeah. how the boss was you know, program to what hire bias is. Yeah. Cause we all mm-hmm. have bias, right? So it's always, it's always the, the bias of whoever's doing the hiring, which, um, that was, that was a tough thing for me to learn, um, at a younger age was, <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, when I was hiring, um, I, I used to be an engineer. If you haven't already figured out, I'm a nerd. Um, so I used to be a software engineer and, you know, I get to that point, 23, 24, where I'm now responsible for hiring other engineers and leading engineers, even though fucking I couldn't even lead myself. So um, you sort of have to get used to the fact that you're making it up and you have that sort of imposter syndrome. But then you're like, how do you select people? And I remember the education thing, like, what was their education? Like, the you know, they got a degree. Oh, um, I remember hiring someone that had a PhD and uh, that did not translate into awesome performance. They were a complete fucking nightmare. So yeah, the whole education thing, um, it's it seems to be like exactly to what you say. Like it's either this way or that, mm-hmm. that a company is hiring. Um, for me... Uh, for a long time, it seems like that's a non-factor. Like it doesn't seem to matter unless they're right. You know, and I think for me, tech. I don't hire tech. And it's just different what. with every type of job, especially with tech. Like you, ne- you need people with certain capabilities. You can't just get someone who has no idea about tech. Like they have to have uh, the papers to kind of show um, their history. And then in my situation with this never really feeling like a job until now, I'm like, well, how can I create value and purpose within myself? And my go-to was to hire people who, especially during a pandemic, that can't get work or the people, the alternative people who have tattoos and pink hair, who can't get a job in the small town I'm in, but also who want to work hard. Um, But when it comes to being a packer, with using the software ship hero, which you created for us, uh, for a lot of people. Um, it was just for you. Well, it was, it was so simple. <laughs> I was like a monkey could do this. You know, it took me three years to figure out how to do fulfillment on my own without right. any research. And so to have people come in and I was like, okay, it, I just yeah. need someone with a good attitude that can, you know, that's time conscious and that's okay. Touching a, a bunch of dildos every day. And, so. and sort of gives a shit. Right. Gives a shit. Yes. Yes. And, you know, there's all those little things that come to play with my company because everyone on social media wants to work for me, but no one lives in my zip code because I live in a swamp town. So it's it's really interesting, like you said, coming from the creator and then all of a sudden you're a delegator. You're like, okay, this is a whole new job. And it, it's just interesting to walk into the office and everyone's doing everything I used to do. And I'm just approving stuff now. And it's this new anxiety and ah, I can't even put it into words. It makes me like go into a fetal position. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's so insane to me. I mean, I get it. I get where you're coming from. It's just, 
so incredible while at the same time, uh, you know, when I'm doing some research, like, who the fuck is this woman? Like, she is really interesting, right? Who the fuck is this woman? Um, YouTube, and of course, once you hit a YouTube video, YouTube's algorithm is like, I'm going to show you everything that you just searched for. <laughs> I mean, there, I think there was a period of time where all I got in my feed was Hitler videos. I'm like, look, I'm sorry I watched that one Hitler video. <laughs> but the... Um, <laughs> The the, like you've got it's videos ridiculous. coming up of like burp ASMR and fart ASMR. I'm like, this. They... <laughs> you like really? You have to bring that up now. It's but, yeah, funny I mean, when it's, you can. Ex- I you know can, you can make yourself well, vulnerable just... in that kind of way. Right? <laughs> no, let's adjust the elephant in the room. Yeah, being a YouTuber, it's. I remember throwing darts against the wall in the first video I probably did was um, I did fitness workout stuff. Didn't really get, there's just too much. It's oversaturated. So then I started doing these swimsuit try on hauls. I'm like, okay, I have this body. I might as well try to get some uh, monetization. Similar story here. Yeah. You know, so it worked, but I I needed something with more meaning. And then I started uh, watching ASMR and I was like, oh, there's these beautiful women, you know, eating. It looks fun and interesting. So my grandpa he got me this nice blue Yeti mic, yet he had no idea I'd be uh, filling up glasses of champagne with Diet Coke and burping into a mic. But burping has, it comes natural. It used to be a a uh, fetish that I supplied videos for in that market. Um, so I just thought, you know, I want to make something interesting. I thought burping the ABC's ASMR would go viral and... I, it's, I think it's my most watched video. And then comes the commenters who want farting, obviously, because they right. go hand in of hand. Of course, it's the next level. And how are you going to fart if you can't fart on command? So I did like mouth fart, like those kind yeah. of noises. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was fun. And I, I honestly, I was like, this is fun. Just like being silly and stupid and not worrying about like sales coming in and stuff. So it was my creative outlet uh until tiktok came and then i was like okay people want the business secrets they don't just want sexy anna um so i did a little both and then i realized if people are direct messaging me wanting knowledge wanting certain wanting certain questions answered i might as well forward them to the information that i can monetize on um so that that's just kind of where the youtube stuff came in but youtube's really hard and podcasting is really hard and how are you going to tell someone to do something for two years without making any money and then maybe it might take off but most likely not yeah true yeah i mean it's uh you know for us um so you know our company is it's uh software so we have two sides to our company we have software and you know uh very uh, thankful and honored that you're using it uh, for your business um, to allow people to run their own warehouses. And then we have our, uh, we're, we essentially have a 3PL service, a fulfillment as a service. And What is 3PL? Oh, third-party logistics. So it's basically outsourcing your shipping to someone else. They're, they're called 3PLs. Yeah, there is like this 
vernacular in the logistics world, which I really don't like, but I've also kind of given up on on fighting against the 3PL term. And you just called me out. Like, what what does that mean? But the Well, my um, assistant keeps yeah. saying uh, SOP and I have to keep asking her what oh, yeah, she's yeah. talking about, the yeah, standard, standard operating, operating procedure, procedure. Yeah. the SOP. But when I was in the clubhouse uh, discussion with you, with you gentlemen, um, you guys kept using all these fancy terms and I was just sitting there like, I don't know how to jump in unless it's I just start saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It was. That, that, that was fantastic. That was my uh, first clubhouse. And the way that, you know, a clubhouse is extremely simple. The concept of clubhouse mm-hmm. is extremely simple. But it is still amazing to me how not simple the UI is, even though once you've used it a bit, the, the interface, the, the actual mm-hmm. app is pretty simple to use. So... You know, as a moderator, added you to the list of people that could speak because you got like an audience. I had to raise my hand first. I didn't know you had to raise your hand. You have to do the raise your hand and then hello. And then um, you're sat there. And and after a while, I I could just imagine that you were there like, yep, 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 yep. Okay, good, good. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm just going to go, guys. Uh, And it was fantastic. (laughs) Like, it was absolutely amazing. Like, I had had a few people that were on Slack channels, like, shut everybody up. Let's just have Anna D. No, I had... Um, I had one of my um, Facebook moderators, she was in the the group listening and I was slacking her and I was like, I'm sweating so much because I, when I get excited, I sweat. And I was like, I think I need to like bottle up my tit sweat and sell it because <laughs> it's so bad. What is that thing that's going on right now uh, with the... Um, selling like the uh, Jack Dorsey uh, Twitter is selling like his first tweet. This have you heard about this? They're selling like the digital blockchain. So I I saw um, non fungible token or something is the uh, Paul Brothers. Is it Logan? He has a podcast where he was. um, I think he revealed a Pokemon card that was really rare, and I saw that they were selling the clip of him opening it. So yeah. I don't know if that's similar. Yeah, I mean, so like, it sounds like it. So, you know, this NFT thing is blowing up. I have, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but I, the reason why I bring that up is, you know, if you're going to be uh, bottling uh, uh, your tit sweat, as you put it, then um, you should also have the NFT uh, of your Non-fungible tokens? Non-fungible tokens, yeah. It's so crazy, man, what, oh. what people will what you can get value out of and and what people will put money down on. You know, talk, this is well, coming from me, a guy that me, just bought a, yeah. a 40-year-old game console off eBay, right? Because that's like retro. <laughs> takes me back to when I was a kid. Like, hey, I spent Respect money to the gaming community. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I have to say, even when I'm making a, adult content, for example, if I'm just selling a pair of... um socks you know they don't just want the video of me playing around in the socks they also want these socks um so there's different like facets of selling something and attaching like video or audio or something physical and then you're creating like a package deal so that's kind of what i'm hearing is like different creators selling parts of something meaningful for a follower 
to feel like close to them in a sense. Isn't that a a thing that you, um, so uh, Japan, they're really big into the, um, what are those machines that you can buy things from? Like the vending machines or the Yeah, vending machines, such a complicated (laughs) term. Um, (laughs) But you can actually, right? Aren't there vending machines where you can get like uh, knickers from and underwear? Condoms or? Well, yeah. Like what? But like used underwear, like worn underwear. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. of that, and I—that's brilliant. I'm—I don't know where they'd put one of those. So like, here. I'm gonna get a—you know—I'm gonna get an energy drink and uh, two pairs of used underwear, please. Like that. that it's. Would, uh, uh, I yeah. still have a lot of of fans on my OnlyFans who are still confused by that aspect. It is a very ordinary niche, um, but there's different aspects that come into play because one is scent and we all understand pheromones and how they can excite you even for women like you know put my face in an armpit and I'm very content (laughs) um but you know then there's an aspect of who it's coming from you may not even care how it smells you just want to worship something of someone that you uh idolize and then um you know, there's just all sorts, it's like a trophy, you know, but most people either will worship it, caress it. And then there's others who will masturbate with the panty or on the panty, you know, whatever floats your boat. But I feel it to be completely harmless. And it's such a low investment, high return sale. And when I first started, I thought if I can, you know, I have a whole drawer of panties. I'm not buying them. If I sell each one for $50, like just keep bringing the lingerie in because that adds up and it it just makes sense. There's nothing that doesn't make sense about it to me. And people still go, Ooh, ah, what? Wow. And it's just so normalized to me. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I have, uh, approximately six pairs of underwear, uh, which are constantly being rotated through the washing machine because those are the only ones that really fit me. Um, Why not seven? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I lost one, but it's, maybe it's behind the dishwasher. Or something. I have no idea. But the, um, yeah, like I, I wish, I wish I could have that as an inventory that I could sell. Like well, definitely can. would be wearing better clothing. But you can. I know I'm being silly. (laughs) I know. Well, it's taboo that men are in the industry as well. But you'd be surprised how many people want me to steal my boyfriend's socks or, you know, and not to be TMI, but some guys, um, I think it's called cream pie panties, where if someone were to ejaculate in you and then it gets out into your panty, you know, there's such a spectrum of panty etiquette. That still surprises me yes. to this day. Um, yeah. Used condoms. Uh, I mean, it's all it's all it's all new to me. It's new like, to a so, lot of people, yeah. and I think OnlyFans has brought attention to these the industry's niches and fetishes, yeah. and trying to it's it's just always going to be hard to normalize fetishes because again, it's vulnerability. But it it takes a lot of courage from a man to ask for someone's panties because they're allowing that content creator to shame them about it. Right. That's interesting. And uh, if the content creator wasn't stupid, she'd realize, you know, this is a huge source of income, especially for women who are at home with no job, but they have a phone or a computer. It's just, it's something we didn't have as an opportunity before, especially, I mean, I don't want to say just for women, but you know, sometimes the opportunity is slimmer in that case. Right. And 
I still feel to this day not really respected in the e-commerce world. And I'm going to be frank with you. You and your team have been, I can't even name on one hand how many people have respected me as a businesswoman. And the fact that you guys took the time to interview me with that article and the questions were just beautiful and funny and exciting, but also respectful because I've never, I've always had to put on this business persona for these interviews because they're like, if you, excuse me, if you say anything about sex works or dildos, we can't publish it on Yahoo Finance, et cetera. So we, it's hard to By the way, to ha- we did, we, we had huge challenges trying to get that story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it was like, it's wow. Okay. That's, that's yeah, yeah. And it's, it sucks because you have all these competitive brands who are smaller than you getting all this exposure and you're yeah. just having to fight because no, like advertisers say no to you. We, I mean, the only advertising we can really do is uh, affiliates and podcasts but it's that's why it's so rewarding in this industry because there are smaller um, pool of competitors and it's still a hard fight every day. But I it was very it was like a a weight off my shoulders to be like okay I can you know get into this I can be seen as a professional. So even if I don't understand all the three letter um, acronyms mm-hmm. for certain things, it was it was just like a little win for me. <laughs> Well, yeah, so you, you're getting back onto something that's kind of interesting, and that is, all right, so I'm 46 years old. I, I'm, I say this in, in jest, but... Uh, woo, I'm woo. Pre- yeah, well, I'm still alive, barely. Um, <laughs> oh, God. And- hey, my, my boyfriend's 43, so I, I think, uh, eight, you know, obviously eight men four, age four, beautifully. Four more years, that's, that's all you have, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely like, uh, look, look at David Bowie, who I look very much like. I'm kidding. So, um, back to the, uh, the point where I was going. So as far as a legitimate business, right, there is no, uh, when you have someone that is able to, I think as far as the, you know, we're very lucky with the businesses that have chosen us and we work for, you know, it's not like we just sat there and like, they randomly come along. We work for it, but we have like a huge variety of brands uh, and, and companies that are using our software. I'm very grateful for that and we'll continue to build on it. There was no element of looking at your business and what you were trying to do uh, that was nothing other than, holy shit, this person from a marketing perspective, from a operations perspective, like we've come across companies that have loads more resources, loads more employees, um, and it takes them months to move, like to implement something it takes some months and then, oh, but we got to, you know, we got to train. And it's just, it, it's a lot more, holy cow, that setup you have is uh, mobile. That's impressive. But the, um, uh, how <laughs> fast. I have to plug you in. This is oh, me nice. being so amateur. But how fast you <laughs> well, were it's, it's... in being able to implement and just get it up and running and figure shit out for yourself. I mean, it was that. D- during the, the Christmas the season. What, yes. During the Christmas season of a, of a lockdown. <laughs> I think we um, were bugging you guys like, hello, we need your help. And you're right, like, Right, oh, because the Christmas team was Eve. like, holy cow, 
this team moves fast. Like that's that's what we were thinking. So yeah. Well, I, mean, it, I have to really admit, so my respect. assistant who um, thank you, my assistant turn um, COO. Yeah, she knew that this risk of getting the warehouse was huge, and I think she put yeah, a lot a of the investment. responsibility on herself to really make it work because we didn't have any other choice. And um, she she was in there twenty four seven testing and working, and I give her all the credit because even when we started, I didn't even know how to use the system. I just said, "Look, I need to." do all the other details. So you do this. And I didn't realize how much work she was actually doing until you guys were like blown away. Yeah, no, it it really is incredible. So yeah, you know, getting to the point of you as a legitimate business person, I mean, sure, you're dealing with a constant uh, sort of dig, like just going down to the, the post office. And, yes. you know, we've got all these packages and sort of the shit you have to deal with there. The 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 uh, railings, right? Uh, you painted go. them uh, the wrong color, apparently. So uh, uh, no one can yeah, see. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Paint. You get into a warehouse and how do you get your mail picked up? You know, you yeah. think you can just put up a pickup request yeah. and then you're like, no, idiot. You have to reserve this truck to come every day and it takes two weeks for the post office to do it. And then there's COVID, so they're slow. And then it's Christmas, so they're slow. And I'm like, okay, we moved in. We hadn't shipped for a week and a half. I have 2,000 packages that no one wants to pick up. So I'm like a chicken with my head cut off trying to fit all these packages in my G-Wagon, driving to the post office. And and it's hilarious because they could see us on the camera and – the employee even told me they would get so sour when the Mercedes arrived. And I'm like, but why? Like, Is that like small town or small town? <clears> very <throat> small. <clears throat> yeah. We are, I, I mean, I can't even describe. I mean, we're in the deep south. Um, I live pretty much on a farm. The most prominent building, I live like off the highway too. So the mm. most prominent building in a 10 mile radius is our super Walmart. So if that oh, kind of paints a picture. So th- it was just difficult. Um, it finally worked out, but I literally had to start recording my experience in there because it was just, it got disrespectful and I'm very kind. And I found myself like crying cause I was so frustrated and me being me, I was like, okay, let me open TikTok and show myself crying because those videos get the most engagement because it's real life, I suppose. And finally, USPS like reached out to me to help. And it it just shows the power of social media. And uh, then on the contrary, I wanted to express myself in this building that we had. And, you know, it's like another property you have. It's a new home. And I wanted it to be on brand. So we painted all the railings pink and, you know, we're posting about it. And then there's this uproar on social media that we're not following code because you need safety yellow. And then I'm having to call OSHA and be like, please help me. Like, I don't want to break the law. Don't send me to jail. And they're like, we don't even regulate you. You're a small um, company with, you know, I think we had four employees there. We had no equipment like forklifts or anything. You know, we had that one 
you know, we have three docks and the truck can go in the middle. They don't even hit the, or close to the rails and just those new challenges you face. Like I'm trying to share my experience with everyone, but everyone wants to like pretend they're a business owner too. Yeah. Okay. Y'all sit down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've got a, I got a back and forth with someone right now on YouTube um, who is, I mean, they're coming from a good place. And I, I think what it is, is they want to use our software, but our software is too expensive for them. Um, we were there. We were there two years ago. Yeah. I, y'all gave us a call and I was like, you know, too excuse my French, but $2,000 yeah. fucking dollars a month. Are <laughs> you kidding German, me? I think that's German, by the way. That's German. But, <laughs> oh. the, um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's a back and forth and... I get it. Like is, uh, but it turns into like, this is how you should, uh, this is how you should price your product. It's like, yeah, I get it. Like I, you know, I, I will have the respect of listening to you and I'll give you the context as to the, the constraints and operating rules that we, <laughs> we have. Well, but if, yeah, if it's you, interesting if you how mind you get me people interrupting involved in your business. Yeah. And it, excuse me, but the, yeah, yeah. The fascinating part to me is how many Shopify apps we were downloading to do analytics, to do returns, to do inventory yeah. management. And there was a month where um, the inventory ma- seller active, we connected them to a different shipping. Also, a, I think we had ShipStation and then we yeah. moved to Desktop Shipper. And all the integrations, there was too many chains and links and it screwed up our inventory, our orders for a month, we had to get Shopify to export and import all our products again. It fucked up all the pictures on our site. And it it was just one of those experiences where everything was going wrong. And it's like, you just have Shapiro like waiting in the clouds, like pick me, pick me. <laughs> and, you know, my assistant Kat, she was like, Anna, I know it's $2,000, but I did the call with him. We can eliminate all these apps We'll never ship the wrong product, so we're going to save $1,000 a month just on returns. Um, and then it made sense. Like, she explained it to me in small person terms, and I said, okay, we're already risking it all. Like, let's just add some more risk and stir up the yeah, pot. Like, done this for a decade with low risk, so let, let's just do it. Come on, COVID, let's just do it. Yeah, and we've we've been going through a similar experience Um as far as you know so we're eight years old we're we're a startup um we're still in that mentality we've not raised any uh venture capital or any of that stuff while well how many how many employees do you have um i including employees in our warehouses so we have three warehouses um about 200 Wow. Congratulations. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Is there like an anxiety knowing that you have to make sure you hit payroll? I, so this is not my first rodeo. Um, I've, I've had less of that pressure on this one because I, Aaron has taken more of that load. He's like, you know, we have an accountant and uh, that there's, the balance between like me budget, and Aaron budgeting and all that. Like, yeah, we've we've just been very fortunate. I did have that. I co-founded an agency in, in New York City, and we were like, we had this office in Soho. The rent was twenty thousand a month. Uh, we, I think, at one point, we got up to 
40 employees and, you know, you're paying high agency salaries in, in New York City. I remember looking at payroll and mm-hmm. and nearly having a breakdown um, because it was it was basically it's like we giving had me to anxiety. Pull in ca- yeah, it, we had to pull in cash. <laughs> we needed to cover payroll. It was like one hundred and forty thousand dollars every two weeks. We needed to pull in, and we our problem was um, we had some really awesome customers, but too few. They were like mm-hmm. you know BBC and. Uh, Cablevision and you know like really big, big customers <laughs> Big Black Hawk was that was one we didn't get I'm <laughs> sorry uh, no no it's fine I mean oh you God, have to rub it in that me. we didn't get that one but we customers my payrolls cash flow was terrible cash flow was like the bane, bane of existence that's the sole thing that's happening for us right now because now payroll has tripled but thankfully you know with online stuff you can outsource a lot of help um if needed but between payroll new rent and really all the warehouse supplies you really you know cat's been like you know you can't forget how much inventory you have there's just different ways you need to look at it but we're having a meeting next week to get our you know accounting and budgeting on track because it's obviously necessary but for the 10 years I've done this, I just know what my floor and my ceiling are for sales every day in order to hit my numbers. So it's it's weird now being like, Anna, you can't just have an intuition and know what your cash flow is. Um, the first meeting I had with my accountant when I was 18, I j- pretended like I knew what the difference between net and gross was. I thought my gross was what I was making, so... <laughs> Uh, that was a problem, but you know, who's supposed to tell you that stuff. And then, you know, you get in a place where you're in your shoes and it's like, what's the difference from a $10,000 payroll and a hundred thousand dollar payroll? Like, is it the same amount of pressure? Does it make you just lose the joy in business because then it becomes all about money? Like it's this weird switch from small business fun to like, yeah. Fuck big bills, big 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 yeah. bills. Yeah, more money, more problems. <laughs> At the mm-hmm. um, yeah, and there's almost like a decision. You see this happen to a lot of businesses. We, I, I think, as founders of businesses, mm-hmm. the thing that we're fighting against is the fear of failure, um, and and that failure can uh, manifest in bankruptcy. I mean, you're taking a lot of risk potentially. Um, so you have that chance of failure. So the last thing that's on your mind is, uh, what do I do if I hit success? The, or at least from my experience, it's been... That's like, a really good question. Yeah. So what the fuck do you do when you wow. do have success? Like success is actually the thing that we're not prepared for. And if you do hit that success, then you are you are faced with some decisions. Do you... Like, where do you uh, take the company? Like, you can keep scaling it up and the, the expenses get bigger and the revenue gets bigger. And um, and I think that's a trap. You know, I experienced that in sort of agency world where we just kept chasing this, uh, keep building the company. Okay, shit, now our payroll's bigger. We got to win bigger customers. And it's just this endless cycle. And it, it really wasn't after, I think, after six years, it, it was not fun. 
Well, do you do you feel like you're running on a hamster wheel and then the wheel keeps getting bigger and then there's like 10 more people on the wheel with you and you're having to like pull them along and it's just starts from the day you wake up till the second you go to sleep and then you're dreaming about it and it's almost like a reality that a lot of people aren't born with like the instincts and the mental health to have the capability to do that. And you can't really like teach that in a sense. Um, So I feel like it's important to share those moments instead of just being this, um, you know, 30 under 30 type of person or whatever. Like you have to. (laughs) I'm I'm going for 80 under 80 at this point. (laughs) I just, uh, yeah. But see, if I even applied, if I even applied to be in that, they'd be like, Nope, you look like a sex worker. We're not. No, I dis- it, so. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with that, and I I hope there's an element of you that, um, because you say that, there's an element of you that fights against it and says, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it." Like I really, um, I don't buy that statement from you a hundred percent, and hopefully it's because you also don't believe it yourself. Like I think that. Um, where, Don't where see I, right through me. Come on. God damn it, you ginger <laughs> bastard. I think the, um, the 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 point that I got to uh, was at – it was actually at that agency. So I was 30, mm-hmm. uh, 35 years old. And um, I'm 35 years old. I've got a baby on the way. And, um, you know, we're five and a half years into this business. And because of that cash flow, what would happen is it was uh, peaks and valleys in terms of revenue. So we would have like, yeah, with the cash is in. And then like, oh, shit, like a customer of ours is 90 days late on an invoice. We need Mm -hmm. to uh, all the partners need to put money in from our own bank accounts. Right. So it was like, oh, God, you know, there's crazy. The four of us. So five and a half years into this and I'm still like, you know, you're not getting the salary you think you were going to get. And you're still having to take money out of your bank and all that stuff. This was the, the realization that I had at that point um, to build the team around the mark of success is to build the team around you where you can walk away for any period of time, and that fucking team has got it. Like that, you're never going to be able to scale it. You're never going to be able to focus on your uh, personal health. Your team is never going to be given the opportunity to really rally and do the things that they want to do with you. Um, Of course, this doesn't work for everybody, but this is how Mm -hmm. I see it. Um, If you're not thinking as you're building that team, the mark of success for me is I can walk away from this and the team's got it. Now, in all reality, that that takes a long time. There's an element of yourself being able to scale out of your head mm-hmm. and be able to put it on other people. And you also need to, you know, uh, as a smaller business, uh, we just didn't have the people that we could just do that. Like I was doing, me and Aaron were doing support, um, running support with a couple of people and... Uh, it was brutal. Like every day of the week, I, I think I realized my previous job before this, um, I was uh, working at the National Basketball Players Association. I was their chief digital officer. And I didn't realize how good I had it. Wow. Like it was awesome. I was always the shortest <laughs> person in the room. But the 
amazing thing was like same yeah i go to the i go to these uh yeah you with the truck by the way is ridiculous but i would go to um <laughs> the you Sorry. know these fancy hotels and like uh you know all the basketball stuff and i'm so clueless with basketball it's hilarious and it was same had, uh, yeah it was like uh, awesome paycheck and awesome benefits and no responsibilities, right? Just do your job and there's responsibility, but it's not like I have to worry about payroll or any of that stuff. Um, and then I, I thought I was working hard. Um, and then I, we get to the point where I could actually focus on the business me and Aaron have been working on for a few years full time, as opposed to mornings, evenings, and weekends. And it was 10 months into it, and I realized I hadn't taken a day off. And it was not because I would had uh, chosen, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sacrifice myself. It was like I was 30, uh, four, wow, 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 Jesus Christ, I'm old, 42 years old at that point. So it's not like it was my first job. Like, I had experienced burnout a few times before, so I was aware of it, but it was shocking. Yeah. Uh, like, holy, wait, I'm 10 months in. I've lost 20 pounds and I have not taken a day off in, in, in all this time and I'm exhausted. Like it was at that point where we had no choice. We had to do it, but to get sort of getting back to what you were saying earlier, get to that point where you know, the team that you stand up can do, uh, can do the things that are needed to run that business. Like that's your benchmark. Um, and that means you also have to let go of a well, few things. Like there's there's a certain ego kind of thing you have to let go of as well to do that. Well, there's a beauty in the nine to five, which you kind of expressed when you said yeah. you didn't realize how good you had it. So sometimes on the podcast, we're glorifying the money sex workers make and possibly shaming nine to fivers or squares that we might call them. And nice. uh, there's... Something I, you know, when I do mentorships and people are like, you know, I'm working so hard and nothing's happening, nothing's happening, no results. And I'm like, well, this is the reality. This is the fucking yeah, reality. You is, will not yeah. have a day off. You will, it's just, it's chaos. And there's even times where I'm, I admire the nine to five because it's that safety net. You know, you don't, you get to go home and you can watch Netflix and relax and get away from work. But entrepreneurship is a, 24 7 365 it's it's um, not it's not uh, personal life and work it is life right there is there is mm -hmm. that um, so there's um i'm not sure if you've read no man's land it's called too small to be big but too big to be small no um and it talks about it's uh it talks about you know i was in the situation where i was too small to be big and it really said you know once you're you decide to jump into a big being a bigger business the bills get higher and it, it explains that situation where we talked about like you have to keep upscaling and upping and upping in order to sustain these bills. And it's almost easier to fail because the boulder of business you have is just heavier and it's going to crash harder than, you know, a business where you're working from home and you can move it anywhere and you don't have payroll and all, all of these things, you know, the tax bracket changes, um, the uh, certifications or whatever you need to run change sales right. tax changes. Um, what did we have this year? We had the privacy thing overseas and then we oh, had, the GDPR. Um, 
Yeah, that thing, um, the VPN or VA, whatever tax thing that, that happened last month. Um, I got a thing on my a notification on oh, Shopify okay. yeah. for you have to change taxes in Europe. I don't know what Europe's doing, but they're doing a whole lot of things. Yeah, well, you have the VAT, right? You have VAT. Mm-hmm, that's what it Europe. is. Yeah, value added tax. Yeah, makes it. Makes so um, I had to contact. We use Trustfile or Avatax. It's just it simplifies all that stuff for me. And um, I called them and I was like, what the fuck is this? Can, what do I need to pay you to do it? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Because I don't want to learn that stuff. That's not fun. You know, yeah, but you it, have to. You have to. You do You do have to have a grip on on everything that's going on. But at the same time, um, there, are, there are different styles, right? So there is the style. I think me and Aaron's styles are different. Aaron really likes to dig in and get into mm-hmm. the details of things. Whereas I prefer the, I know I'm an idiot, so mm. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> otherwise. I, but I seem to have, very fortunately, I seem to have figured out um, in life how to um, identify and then have really smart people or passionate people that are mm. hungry to learn and figure it out and can figure it out, how to it's much easier for me to be the person that um, allows them to do the thing where they can succeed. Like that's the, that's the thing I figured out. Mm-hmm. I, as a software engineer myself, I probably would have said I was a, and I'm probably being too kind, a seven out of 10 as an engineer. But as a... Well, it gives um, you room to grow. Or you're just seven out of 10. Uh, that's uh, you're ever, ever going to be. But the... <laughs> <laughs> but, Really where uh, I started to, and it took years for me to figure this shit out, but really where I started to figure it out was when it was like, okay, I've got software engineers that are building shit. I'm here to block, uh, to remove the blockers, to protect them, to help them understand the context of what they're doing and the rah, rah, this is, this is our mission. This is our purpose. And fucking hell, look at these, uh, look at this team go. Like this team is amazing. I'm so proud of them. And we're doing awesome stuff. Like it, it scaled beyond me. And I had to let go of uh, this notion that I had to be the best engineer or, you know, it's I'm the one that drives mm-hmm. it. No one can do it as good as me. It's like, nah, actually you can have people do it way better than you. Um, you just need to give them the ability to, the, the tools and the freedom to do it and the mm-hmm. trust. What, uh, what kind of incentives do you give your employees? Uh, so everybody gets, um, uh, access to email. Just kidding. Um, so <laughs> we, we, uh, so we Sorry. do have an incentive actually. There's an incentive for reviews. So it's very difficult to just go out to people and say, Hey, leave us a review because we're so great. Like, um, I don't know. It's like, okay. Some people respond well to that, but other people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, so we have an incentive for our employees um, where if, you know, you've worked with a customer and that customer gives you an awesome review, uh, you get 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. We also have another incentive. That's which, awesome. Yeah, we also have it. Uh, so I, I'm getting customers to leave us good review. Can you leave us a five-star review? I'm kidding. So um, I have... If I get five hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We'll split it two fifty each. No one will ever know, apart from the Fair. people that listen to this. 
But the um, yeah, which is only like ten people, probably. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I yeah, come on, it's it's going to be at least eleven. No, I'm joking. There's there's like ten thousand, which One is awesome. Love dollars. all you sluts. So there are nice. So the um, I apologize, everybody. Well, by the way, because I'm fucking boring. But the 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 other incentive we'll which I will find a way. We, the other incentive which I only found out about last night um, was we are offering people that come into our interview process, so they get past the initial screening, and they come into our interview process. They have to commit like a few hours to like go through like, okay, help us understand your logic. How do you break problems down? All that stuff. So what we're doing is we're giving people that come into that process 500 bucks if they don't get hired. <laughs> I love that you're just throwing a $500 bill around. Yeah, I, really well, a- I didn't make that one. I'm like, that was Aaron that uh, put that one. <laughs> I found out last night. I'm like, great. That's where my fucking tea budget is going then. So I'm well, basically, uh, I'm going to be able to buy no more tea. Great. Let, let me ask you this. When you, because this is something I'm learning and I'm sure you have as well. When you're, when you face a problem, which is every day, uh, how do you navigate those problems with your team? Because I feel like there's an art to telling your team like, Hey, get out of your brain. Think of this from above. Like, let's embrace this problem. And how are we going to fucking plow through it and not like attack each other saying like your idea won't work or that doesn't make sense because you have to have active listening. Like even when you disagree with someone, I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Let me add this to the, to to what you're saying. I think there's an art into creating an atmosphere so people aren't scared to tell you how they could solve it. Yeah. Uh, so you know how I keep saying I'm stupid. Um, it is. I I don't think I'm that stupid, but there is an element of self-deprecation. Um, I, you know that that vulnerability that you talk about. I think as as someone that is leading a team or or uh, someone that you know, the weirdest thing for me is to ever hear someone say, uh, "Oh, you're my boss." I'm like, that's so weird. I mean, technically, I, I am, I but I'm not. I'm just here trying to get shit done, and thank God we've got you here, um, right? And don't fuck it up. But the mm-hmm. I think it is the the culture of just being very open about the stuff that you're also trying to figure out. Um, so that works for me. I, I mean, it's not a hundred percent perfect. I, I found out last week in a conversation I was having um, that, uh, you know, we've been sort of having some friction with uh, trying to figure out this process with another team. And I found out that the person on this other team that um, was not necessarily en- engaging or communicating um they had expressed that they were scared of telling me certain things because of my reaction. And it was shocking to me. It was like, what? I know I'm bombastic, but I'm not attacking anyone. Like I make it very clear that I, I there's so much stuff that I don't know. And it's like, team, what are we going to do? So don't take it for granted, even when you think you're doing everything that everybody's going to respond in that way. But yeah, I think just keeping yourself open and, and having that culture of look, uh, anybody that says they've got it figured out, they're full of shit. Like we're all figuring it out. I don't care if you're the CEO of Microsoft or if you're the CEO of the mothership or ship hero, we're, we're all trying to figure this shit out. Um, mm-hmm. and 
that that's the environment that we're in. How are we going to do it? Like, that's it. And well, I think yeah, that, perfection. Yeah. Well, perfection isn't attainable um, at all. That's and, what I've been told. Yeah. You know, if you can't be the perfect boss either, you know, no. people are either scared to come to you or they walk all over you. Yeah. And navigating that is a whole journey in a sense. And when I, when I became an entrepreneur on accident, I wanted to hide under my rock at home. There was a total pleasure in being able to hide here and make money. It almost felt illegal. So now being in a position where it's like, nice. uh, now I have to be a leader now I have to be more innovative and I, I don't have a choice. Otherwise my employees can't feed their kids. And it's a whole new, you know, like we said, it's a, a different level of problems you might call it. Um, but just, I mean, it's clear, like you've been an entrepreneur since I, I read your LinkedIn. I try to do a minor bit of research, oh, snap. Um, but we see Shapiro. I see the, the copper pot. Um, yeah, that's like a recent, you said, recent company. I, I the N, NBPA. Yeah. Um, but then we go down to the bottom in 1999 where he said you were a web developer. Yeah. But did you kind of think that you'd go outside the box and start your own thing back in the 90s or was it an accident um it was an did accident. you yeah it was, it was <laughs> and an did, like what money did you take to invest in yourself or were you frugal or were you uh risky you know that's that jump sometimes it's not one jump sometimes it's like 10 st- stepping stones um but i was i've always been scared of being financially thin uh, so a lot of my decisions came from fear of investing a lot into myself. So I'm I'm curious how much faith you had to start something on your own. I mean, I was uh, totally clueless. In fact, that clueless that I started my first company, I didn't even realize I'd started it. Like mm-hmm. I, it was with someone else. Like um, that was a web development company in the UK. That's That's how I got into the internet stuff. And it was, you know... It wasn't like, I, I want to own my own business. I want to do my own thing. It was, I want to do this thing. And there was mm-hmm. no other option. <laughs> so it was like, so right. web development, is that web like designing yeah. websites? websites and back when you could okay. make money doing that. Yeah. The, um, now that now there's Wix and whatnot. Wix and, and, you know, themes for WordPress and all that stuff. But the, um, I think for me, the, the journey has been a bit different. Uh, I got married at uh, 23 and I had two teenage kids that I inherited at at 23. So there was an (laughs) element of um, that there's always been this dance that I've had between uh, uh, starting enterprise and also what I call white collar jobs, executive jobs. So you look at my profile, it's like, okay, you worked for this company, you know, I've worked for several companies and I've also done the startup. So for me, the strategy was how can you do the startups and still pay the bills? So that would be the startups would be like the side hustle. And and that's Copper Pot as mm-hmm. well. Copper Pot is a company. I just went on the market, uh, Shopify market uh, place where you can buy and sell uh, Shopify businesses. And I, I bought it for like $6,000 and um, the idea of buying the copper pot is I've never owned my own e-commerce company, which is another reason why I have so much respect for, for what you're building. 
Um, and yet I'm building all of this infrastructure to enable e-commerce business owners to do all this stuff. So it's like, you know what, as a marketer and as someone who's just inquisitive, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to do my own e-commerce business on the side. And for whatever reason, I chose a copper part, um, because it was just like, you know what, the guy who's done this, he's already figured out branding and the product and the sourcing. So it's easy for me to get up and running. This is not going to mm -hmm. be a multi-million dollar enterprise. Um, well, it looks, the website's beautiful. The photography is yeah. really nice. I like the, um, yeah. Honeycomb mug. It's kind of creepy looking. <laughs> so I'm actually, like so I'm, the other goal of this as well with the copper part, and this is the first time I've done this, is to document the, to journal the entire experience. So I've got a sub stack. Oh. Um, I'm not as cool as you with the TikTok. So I have a sub stack and you can subscribe uh, to this sub stack. And I've shared every What's single sub element. stack. I've never heard it's of that. It's like a, a Patreon. Sub you can have subscribers to your, like your blog or whatever, and you can charge. Oh, cool. if you want to do that. So That's it's talking, uh, talking commerce.substack.com. And it's basically that that's mine. And what I want to do is I want to journal every element of the experience because I think through the exercise of like, holy cow, like this is what it takes. That's also a good marketing thing mm -hmm. for Shapiro because it, it's also great, a great uh, knowledge piece for people that are wanting to turn their side hustles or create a side hustle. Um, there's a resource uh, where they're like, oh, okay, well, holy cow, look at this. Like, look what they did. And I think you're doing this as well. I, I think it is that opportunity to like deal with this perpetual thing of struggle and success and winning and fuck, that was a terrible day. Just the roller coaster. Don't let spring cleaning fool you. There's always space to add a little extra something in the bedroom. And it's no secret that consuming a little THC can help set the mood. However, getting that right strain and dosage can be difficult. That's why we're thankful for today's sponsor, Via. Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. Vaya also offers a wide array of other gummies with and without THC. And the best part, Via legally ships to all 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. No medical card required. So if you're 21 and up, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning dreams, THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code. Try Via Hemp with code goddess at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. So when I take out a new toy for my collection and I'm having some, you know, self-love time, I like to really elevate the mood with high love. When I'm getting aroused, my blood flow is already peaking and the gummies just 
totally enhance my sensations to the next level. Sometimes after a long day of work, it's just hard to relax, especially if I can't mentally get there. And I feel like us girlies really need to mentally stimulate ourselves when we're trying to orgasm. So personally, chewing a little gummy like High Love sets me in such a mellow, relaxed mood that I can actually focus and enjoy myself and have a well-deserved experience. I also really like that the products range from two milligrams to 50 milligrams. Look, I always share my party favors with my friends and some of them just can't hang all the way sometimes. So I like the low dose so that they can still get a mild effect, especially if you or their body just isn't really accustomed to the ingredients just yet. So I love that you can kind of microdose or enjoy more of the potent effects. So let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dreams gummies. 21 and up only. And that is viahemp.com, V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code goddess at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. Of every day, but also be empowered by, and you know, other people can figure this shit out too. And how awesome! Like, yeah, guess what? We're all making it up. And uh, I, I think the pragmatic side of me, I see the pragmatic element in you in how you monetize. For me, the pragmatic part is how can I take ding? How can I take the um, that element of trying to build a marketing uh, capability and figuring that out, how can that translate to me? And how it translates to me is I'll just share everybody my stupid journey. Like I'll, I have no problem telling everybody, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring this shit out. So this is what I'm doing that. And this is how much money I lost or this is how much money I made. So that, well, that, yeah, it's been the experience. I guess. Do you, would you ever consider making a baby version of Shapiro for smaller startups to kind of invite them into the ease of fulfillment and analytics, inventory, et cetera? Because, you know, it only took me five years to finally, yeah. you know, download the software. But what would be kind of your train of thought? if you were to ever develop something smaller, would you have to kind of cut the fat off of the things that smaller businesses may not use? And could that be a scaling um, software development? I like that. Um, I mean, our experience has been, we, we did use, I mean, I think our first plan was 99 bucks a month. Mm. Um and uh, for, on the software side, it's obviously gone up in price um, over the years as we've developed more stuff. A big driver of, of the, the cost are, are the people needed for support. So the one thing that we, mm -hmm. you know, the humans behind uh, the product. So the thing that we learned was you can take these very complicated things and you can make them much easier to do. But you're still doing complicated things. And that's why you need True. people with the knowledge uh, to back the mm -hmm. product up as well. So we don't so you're get, have... you're getting what you pay for, for sure. It's <laughs> it's a lot of human uh, backup. Yeah. So I would say for us, the the goal is there to, to keep 
you know, obviously uh, be very competitive. But the the path that we've chosen at this point is keep building an awesome product, add all those features that, like you mentioned, all those Shopify plugins you need. Well, uh, you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, you have a platform that can do all of those things that are connected in a single place and make it much easier mm-hmm. to do. Um, and uh, the the flip side of that is. Well, now you've got into, there's a lot more features, a lot more functionality. It's no longer just a software. It's how do you run a good process in a warehouse? And and that, then you start to get into the economics of if you have a product that's only a couple of hundred bucks a month or a hundred bucks a month or whatever, a smaller version of the product, and it has the capability of running your warehouse, now you have a lot of cost on the back end because people are still trying to figure out, well, how the fuck do I run a warehouse? Like it be, it's, and we got to figure it out from a software perspective. We know we can add a lot more capabilities to self figure that stuff out, but it's going to take time. Like it, um, you know, we haven't raised any venture Let me hype you up for. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me hype you up for a sec because. Yeah. The ship hero process, just for the newbies listening, <clears throat> you know, these orders come in and I'm probably not going to explain this perfectly, but basically our packers, they have this rolling rack with bins in it. Each bin is labeled. They all have these iPhones that have scanners and the phone virtually tells you where the products are in the warehouse. So you just go where it tells you to and you put the product into the bin after scanning it. So, you know, it's the correct product. Then all your bins are full. You take it back to the computer each bin or tote, as you guys call it, is a um, separate order. So now you're at the computer. You just scan the tote. The order comes up. You lay it on the scale. You scan another barcode that prints out the label. And it's just a seamless process. So we have three packers just rolling around the warehouse with their headphones in. They virtually don't have to think at all. The phone tells you what, where. You, you really just need to know what um, box to put it in. And you even have... Um, the capability is to put barcodes on the box. So that doesn't screw up or anything. Um, but there's so much more within the inventory capabilities, the analytics. And I'm, you know, I'm not well versed with all the the extra software capabilities. I just know that, you know, my warehouse manager is diving into them every day and it seems important. But learning that process, it took me less than an hour Um, and my dad wanted to visit me last week and I told him, I said, look, I'm too busy. I've never been this busy. Um, if you come, you're going to have to come sit at the warehouse at the lunch table and just watch me work. (laughs) And he said, well, why don't, why don't I help? Why don't I ship out some packages? And part of me was like, I don't know, that's weird. And I told Kat and she was like, no, it'd be fun. Let's teach him. Like he'll, it'll take, you know, no time and it would be a cool experience for him. And I was like, you're right. It's, uh. It's pretty nice to know if if anyone had to leave for some certain reason, you could easily hire someone to pack uh, just because the previous warehouse experience I had when we were paying someone to fulfill, the process was the opposite of seamless. um, And you could tell some of the packers didn't enjoy being there, which in turn created this um, hostile communication to an extent. And, uh, I still have dreams about that environment. It's just, it's black and white now. And yeah. I would, I wouldn't have it any other way, but just to kind of explain how that process works. I don't know how long it took you guys to figure out the technology that was needed. 
um, to to do that. But it's brilliant. It's pure brilliance. Well, I I sincerely appreciate that. I mean, um, so we've been working on this now for a shocking since 2013, and I built I coded the first prototype that operated on the iPhone and Aaron built like stuff that happens on uh, the cloud, I guess. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we had this concept of like, why can't you just do this shit on the phone? Like, why, why do you need like these complicated devices? Why do you need this complicated software? And like, things are different now. Surely we've got these fucking devices. um, We can use that. It's got this touch screen on it and all that stuff. And we, I look back on that. It was shit. Like it was terrible. That first prototype back then it was like a revelation. Um, but we've, we've come a long way. I mean, we've had, we've had our asses kicked. Um, you know, we've uh, rolled out features and thinking that'd be brilliant. And then you see them in the real world and it's like, not so brilliant. Um, so yeah, I mean, eight years we've learned a lot, but it's always, you, you said something that is part of the philosophy of thinking about how warehouse teams should work. If your warehouse team is having to figure out what to do with an order because of all the rules that you have, and they have to, they have to remember where to get shit. And, uh, you know, one person on your team has the knowledge and then they're out for two days and everybody else is scrambling or whatever. Um, you're fucked. You're not going to be able to scale that. And for us, the philosophy has been make it really simple uh, and the less thinking, the better. As simple as that. There's no reason for it to be complicated. So why aren't robots uh, pulling the orders? Why don't you have a little uh, thing to push the racks yet? (laughs) Well, so we do have an integration with a couple of robotics companies. Um, Shut up. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but this is, I, I would say this. Um, so first off, you, you're talking a bit of an investment, right? The, the robots, <laughs> yeah. right? So you're talking. Just because you, you hear about Amazon doing it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah they bought their, I, I, what was the, they bought a robotics company, right? Because Amazon is taking over the world. Um, I was, by the way, I was talking of Amazon taking over the world. I started to watch Coming to America last night, which is on Amazon. And, you know, the okay. sequel. And it's so weird. I, I mean, I fell asleep. That's how entertained I was. Um, but it says like an Amazon movie. It's like, Jesus, like the Amazon are in everything. <laughs> they truly are. Like it's, they got planes flying over my apartment. Like it's, uh, they're everywhere. But the, I digress. The, wow. um, the robotics thing is, it, it's an investment. Um, and, I don't personally, um, you know, with the massive majority of the warehouses that we see our software being used in, um, we really don't see the economics of robotics at this point. Um, I would say that the pandemic may have highlighted um, another way of looking at robotics. And that is when, I don't know if you experienced this actually, but we had in a couple of our fulfillment centers, we've had customers that had to deal with this during, you know, the sort of peak lockdown where there had someone has tested positive for COVID in the warehouse. um, And based on whatever state uh, requirements there are like that essentially shuts down the warehouse. 
So we could understand robotics from that perspective. Um, you know, obviously, ro mm -hmm. uh, robots at this point have not developed any weakness to COVID. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a huge it's a huge expense. Um, so it, it, so it doesn't seem the economics. Yeah, there. I mean, I guess. Well, that's so interesting to me how fulfillment will change in the future, um, but we'll find out. And uh, anywho, I want the cherry on top of this conversation to to be you opening the presents that oh, my fun. warehouse sent you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got three packages here. Um, and the, bi the biggest one will open last. <laughs> the biggest one will open last. So I got got the small one. So. I will share with you, um, I'm just awkward. So this is going to be uh, just fantastic. See, I don't, I don't think you're that awkward. I think well, you, you're, you're a gem. You're getting, in, you're getting into my uh, game here. Uh, Anna, okay. But the, uh, so I'm going to open this box. I will say, so John, I think you've been working yeah. with, right, on, on the marketing team. He manages the day-to-day. -day. I adore John. Um, he has been so happy with the whole like you're gonna send shit to me because he just I, did, I he, think, did he order this i think he ordered the so this first one here this one that's in the priority mail yeah. package that that was john but it's okay. i find it entertaining that my team are like waiting for nicholas to be mortified <laughs> or whatever it is i don't know all right so i'm opening the small box okay um so uh, it's coming from the mothership, priority uh, two-day mail. Uh, first thing I see is a little slip in there. This, I, so I, I mean, think this yeah. is a, a drop ship order, I think, because the clothing oh, and some okay. of the decor is from Printful, who we integrate with. So I noticed, you know, you might even get another Printful, package yeah. down the road because their shipping times are different. Yeah. So this package in particular won't have the unboxing experience that our brand typically would have. But it's still, you've still got your, oh shit, I love surprises mm -hmm. on the, on the little... label, which is, yeah. Right. So it's a cup. And uh, so this is my new favorite cup. Uh, well, you can wear it on the day of the week when uh, you don't have that seventh pair of underwear. <laughs> right. So this is my <laughs> typical cup. I've been drinking out of this Monty Python cup. It's got all the Monty mm -hmm. Python quotes because, of course. Um, but this one says I'm not wearing underwear. So I'm definitely going to be using that with what I call external calls. That is calls with people <laughs> that don't know me. I'm just going to be, uh-huh, go on. Right, I see your point there, Jeff, but I would like to come back at you with a retort. Uh, so that's awesome. Okay. So I, have I love that mug too. It's um, it's a good one. And my, my girlfriend is in the background. She's uh, doing her nails right now, uh, but she's also strategically placed way over there to see what I unbox. So she's she's got a good smile on her face right now, so. I'd love her to uh, review the next box. That'll be fun. Review the next box. She's going to put up her card like one through 10. <laughs> you got to do some reviews, Christine. All right. So the next, um, which I'll be happy to help with. Um, so the next uh, one is this priority mail. So this is the first one I got. Accidentally, I started to tear it at the back. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Is this was this one of the things I got on eBay or because I get a lot of shit off eBay and it was like oh Save. it's the mothership I can't open this yet so I stopped I haven't looked I swear okay so I'm gonna continue the tear 
All right. So, all right. This this will be my first. I mean, it's definitely not my first, but it's the first one that's got it written on there. It used to be socks uh, when I was a wee teenager of a lad. I'm sorry. Um, it's a cum rag. <laughs> Wait, what is it? It's a oh cum my rag. goodness. Yeah. Best. Uh, so that's the cum rag in white. It takes a lot of blankets. Um, I personally like hanging those up in my guest bathroom just for the shock value. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a dilemma. If you're in the bathroom, you're like, which towel do I? Oh, do I use? It? Oh. <laughs> so, um, oh, okay. This this is good. Um, so yeah, I got some laughs in the background. It's Jasmine's hot mouth. Um, and I'm just gonna yeah, read so- this because it, it sounds great. Okay, there Slip- you go. Slip your manhood into Jasmine's warm mouth and she will suck you dry. And then the, the actual brand is <laughs> is called Blush, which I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. Um, realistic <laughs> feel, soft and supple. And they say that in several languages just to cover the international market. It's got a QC pass. I don't it's even that... want to know how the QC pass works. Quality control. So that is a cock sleeve, and it's, it's not everyone's favorite, but okay. it, it's worth trying, or a, po- a pocket pussy, whichever you prefer. <laughs> um, so we it's, have okay, a lot of it. those. Some of them are closed at the top, and some of them are open, um, but they're great for solo play when you go on vacation. But I always recommend, if you're trying one for the first time, to have your partner introduce it to you because- okay. With men, they need a lot of visual stimulation. You know, women can kind of just go into their mind and pick a chapter. (laughs) Um, So I found from personal. (laughs) So in my personal experience, um, because I have to product test everything. um, It's it's fun to do partner play. A lot of people underrate, um, you know, uh, your partner practicing how to use the toy with you. It's fun for everybody. Okay. Um, So. You're going to hear this, Christine, but wow, that is really squidgy. Yes. It's kind and of, it's, it's like a, an alien. <laughs> it's got a, this is the weird thing. There's some <laughs> ASMR uh, cock sleeve sound. Yes. I love um, it. So it, in the inside of the box, it has a blush label and it's got an authenticity code. And it says, protect yourself from dangerous counterfeits, scratch to verify. Mm-hmm. So I could win the lottery if I scratch that off is that <laughs> well the last nice. thing you want is to dip your manhood in a toxic chemical of silicone so we got to make sure our customers I mean, are safe so we we don't have any liability <laughs> issues right right okay right. okay last right. thing i need is someone to sue me because their dick fell off yeah i mean so we when we get reviews by the way you know i would like to say a lot of our reviews are very positive and five stars but when you get the person that's not happy for us, it's like your software. It totally failed. Like, what? A, what is a bad review for you? Um, My dick of fell off. Get... No. Well, it's more with the stoner stuff because we'll have people say the bong broke in shipment, but then when oh, we ask okay. us in a picture, yeah. there's weed in the bowl piece, <laughs> and I'm like, how? <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. What? Yeah. So Perseverance. That or the the batteries won't work in the in the vibrator, so then we just you know we're like we'll try yeah. to you know change your batteries and then yeah. it will work again. <laughs> okay, so I have this. I don't know if this is it's like stickers. Is yeah, this so something we, you include in all your orders? Yes. So yeah. that's very important with the brand. When I started, I always put handwritten notes, a postcard, yes. a sticker. 
Um, now we poly seal them because the organza bags are so expensive. But that particular postcard, it says, sorry, we're stoned on one side. And I think it says, sorry, we're masturbating on the other. Correct. But our customers, they hang them on their door or on their wall. And to me, that kind of marketing, you know, they're seeing it every day. So subconsciously, they're thinking about our shop, their friends see it. And that's the one thing they post on social media when they get the package. So it's kind of the marketing that keeps on marketing um, and of course, they get a discount. Um, and then the sticker says, you are beautiful. That's kind of a side yeah, nonprofit thank you. I've been beautiful. doing. You are beautiful. Thank you for existing. Love the universe, smiley face, which is beautiful. So thank you. And we have our customers putting that on their mirrors, or we encourage you to like put it in a bathroom stall, wherever you feel you want to just spread some love because it's <laughs> or that. <laughs> That's uh, that, yeah. <laughs> So, um, you know so what, something talking of like stickers and stuff, one of the most fascinating, uh, brands for me that have really pulled that off well is Yeti. Okay. Yeti, because, yeah. Because what do they make? Yeti makes coolers, right? Mugs and, and, and mugs and the amount of people that have their stickers, Salt Life as well. Same, same thing with Salt Life. Oh my um, God, I have, go ahead. You, you have that on your G-Wagon? Is that what you're going to say? We got a cease and desist from Salt Life because we made a Slut Life sticker. Because no. every time I see that goddamn sticker, <laughs> I think it says, I think it says Slut Life. My slut life. brain, it just sees that. Okay. And um, it's everywhere around here. It's disgusting. So the guy's down in Florida. He sent us to cease and desist. And apparently his partner just got tried yes, for murder right. or something. Yeah. So I was like, karma. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, I, get, I guess you're, you're busy. All right. So two more things in this package. And I just looked at the uh, packing slip, which is kind of cheating. But So two more <laughs> things. Um, so I have a, oh. uh, a nice colored veiny penis. Um, it is... Uh, Christine, sorry, you can't use this because it's wet willy soap. Well, I say you can't use it. <laughs> if you need a bar of soap for the uh, shower, you've got a penis bar of soap. Well, it anything's a dildo it, if you're brave enough. But uh, Every, that's great, again, for the guests. There we go. That's, I'm gonna remember that. But, uh, you know, yeah. if you put it in your guest bathroom, the way you have to, like, put the soap on your hands, you're pretty much giving it a nice handy. Yeah, so. you, you get nice. <laughs> Um, and that and is uh, manufactured. Go ahead. I was going to say Apple has that thing on their watch where you have to do it for at least 20 seconds or something. Right? So, oh, wow. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Incredible. So it's like you jerked well, off the, for 20 seconds. Well done. Oh my God, the, um, <laughs> uh, the maker of that is from Etsy. So we try to source a oh. lot of products from small businesses. Yeah. Um, I think it offers a lot of value to our customers because they forget that we're a small business too. Yeah. So. No, I... I saw that, like you were like buying inventory from Etsy uh, sellers, which again, it's a great just... way to source product that's can you can even like uh, collab with them and make exclusive products because we all know the best products are the ones you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I find that uh, inspiring as a as a business owner. I find it inspiring. And the last item out of this package is a. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's a, a, yeah, so it's a cock ring. It's a performance silicon cameo cock ring, pure silicon, flat design for a comfortable and secure fit. 
strong and stretchy. Silicon. By the way, if you need any British commentary <laughs> on your items, uh, I'll be a resource for you. Um, there, but there well, it is. Well, it sounds like you're saying Silicon Valley. <laughs> Oh, silicone. Ooh, is that silicone cameo? <laughs> silicone cameo cock ring. Um, but I, um, I, yeah, that's, that's going to be good. Sorry. Christine, that's, uh, so how, may I ask if, yes. if you two have ever, um, uh, entertained yourself with a cock ring? Not yet. So just a little, um, preface for anyone listening. Yeah. Cock rings are my favorite introductory sex toy for men or anyone that has a dong uh, because it restricts blood flow to that area. So it will often enlarge that area, which is pleasurable for your hey partner. Yes. But it also makes your uh, orgasm or your completion a lot more enjoyable because of that blood flow restriction. Um, sometimes it's a little difficult getting it on. So just stretch it. You don't want to get hairs caught into it. But you don't put it around the bottom of the shaft. You have to make sure it's around the balls as well uh, right, for that blood flow to happen. But we also make cock rings that are a lot bigger for um, men that are almost too large. Sometimes it can be painful when you're too large. Uh, so having that piece at the beginning of the base kind of stops the entry from coming in so much. So there's uh, really some great benefits from cock rings. That's, that's and they're something not, I like, won't too need crazy. to worry about. But yeah, um, <laughs> definitely, what was I going to say? So from a, a more pleasurable uh, finish, as you're saying, sounds like mm -hmm. you're drinking a glass of wine, by the way. Oh, the finish on that, the lovely bouquet. <laughs> but the, but it, um, it's good. I was going to say, so I guess I could put the cup of tea down then. Is that what you're saying? This this will improve it. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> if uh, if my partner like the fact that I see him using it in his solo play proves to me that he's a lot more relaxed with it, like the whole pleasure sleeve that you have, um, it's a, a I wouldn't say strange, but just definitely for beginners, it's guys don't think toys are normalized as women do because. Some people think they shouldn't need something to help them right. ejaculate, but we call right. them like uh, sex tools, you know, just to oh, make okay. things reach a new height of pleasure, which and is it's, really it, By cool. the way, it's, it's not a sleeve. I'm, I'm just going to call you out on that. It's Jasmine. All right. It's Jasmine's <laughs> hot mouth. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Jasmine. I love sorry. you. <laughs> she doesn't mean it. It's just. Well, hopefully your, uh, your partner won't get jealous of Jasmine unless that's her thing. It'd be, be very awkward if your partner was named Jasmine. Be like, look, I. No. Jasmine number two. Jasmine number two. <laughs> Jasmine the backup. All right. Yeah, so I'm backup. getting into the final box now. Okay. And Let me box, give you a. Yeah. Go ahead. So that there one, it has oh shit on the label. Like, so it's got your branding and everything on the label. Um, I wonder if that's a printful package too. Might be. We'll find out. So there was, did you send another package? Is that the one I have a, I have a tree from the mailbox, maybe? It this was could shipped be a printful because it has yeah, a very the, similar um, label to the uh, other one. So there's a grand finale package that will probably arrive tomorrow. We probably prioritized it on Thursday or Friday. Okay. Um, so something to look forward to. Ooh, okay. This is – wow. I mean – me wearing this out. Okay, so what, what is I've it? Got, what is I've it? Got, I've got a hat. 
and a sweater. So I'm going to, the hat is, uh, it says big dick energy. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of laughing coming from the corner over there. Well, she can uh, wear it too. I wear mine all the time. Do you want to wear this, Christine? Oh, your nails are drying. Right. Yeah. How come you excuse All right. So big, big dick energy. You've just got to check how this, this fits. And we don't want to discriminate against small dick energy or fat pussy energy. All no, the energy is accepted here. Yeah. Th- this is uh, absolutely ginger dick energy. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then we've got <laughs> this. Uh, we've got this final package here. It is. So it's a medium T-shirt, and it... <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry for that random sound. Um, drive fast, <laughs> eat ass. That's uh, yeah, definitely going to be driving my uh, my mini while uh, going. And I would love a cup of tea, love, and uh, don't forget, drive fast, eat ass. Oh man, That's I can't wait to clip. I can't wait to clip the audio for. Uh, well, I will. I will say this. Um, thank you. Like I love all this oh, stuff. Like it, this is definitely. This is definitely awesome. Like it really is. Well, the um, the last package you'll receive will have to be a trophy you bring to the workplace. So very excited. Okay, and what I'll do is I'll I'll capture some clips of me opening that. Maybe get a video of me opening that, so you can yeah. just. Uh, what is the brand of uh, Jasmine's blush. hot mouth? It's blush. Uh, that's what I'll be doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. oh, Realistic feel. It's a, feel it's a good supple. feeling to. It's a good feeling to offer products that make people smile and that elevate their life, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been a lot of the reason of our success and being capable to move into this warehouse and, and use your software. For so sure. isn't that isn't that an amazing concept? I know there are plenty of people out there that like to make money off the pain of others. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we seem to be surrounded by lots of shysters like that. But isn't mm-hmm. it amazing to have a business where you can make a living and hopefully, you know, get some of the nicer things, whatever those things are in your life, accomplish uh uh, some of your dreams and uh, you can do that while doing something positive for the world. Isn't that, isn't that a yeah, cool and, concept? And, <laughs> well, it seems pretty simple, but you know, yeah. when we started this conversation, you noted that how so many companies are trying to follow this rule book of how to just take money from people with no remorse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that's just one side of business And I found myself when I was designing clothing for Alien Outfitters and just selling fast fashion for the most part, it really made me feel like, A, I was harming the environment and B, you know, I don't want to just have to market in a way where, what's it called? Just online shopping, it can be very addicting. And when you see something in that moment, you get the serotonin boost and you just want to buy it right then and there. But something about it just didn't. I guess because I was doing it too, because I impulse buy a lot too. And then it comes in the mail and I just get buyer's remorse. And it's just this very strange process of online shopping. Um, So once I started finding my love for self-love, again, I just 
ejected that into e-commerce. And when you start getting the messages and the DMs like, hey, you changed my sex life or me and my partner having sex again or, you know, anything, just elevating Mm -hmm. people's experience in life. It's more than just clothing. I know clothing can do that. Like the big dick energy is all exciting and all, but. I'm very um, excited by that one. Their toys create memories, you know. It's and and hopefully, if I'm walking around with anything that says "big dick energy" on it, um, those words on a hat, me wearing it, um, it's going to give other people good memories as well. That's, yeah, and when they come in to have an uncomfortable conversation <laughs> with you, you just tell them like, "Hey, I need you to bring the big dick energy when you come in here. <laughs> like, take your balls out, put them on the table, bro." Oh, good lord, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that was the the one thing that. Um, I'm very, I really hate bro. I really dislike the bro thing. Um, I don't know why I just, I, I lived in Hoboken, which is this, um, town outside of uh, the other side of the Hudson from New York city. And there's a very bro culture. I think Hoboken, New Jersey has the most bars in a square mile than any other place in the country. Um, and so is, there's a lot of that bro culture, you know, getting off the train from New York City at 9.30 on a Wednesday night after a tough day, and you have to walk past all these sports bars with like 40-odd-year-old men with caps on backwards that are like, row, row, row. it was like, oh, Jesus Christ, bros. Um, well, so at least not so you're not walking bro. into a... At least you're not walking to a Leland gas station and you have some uh, guy with one tooth going, hey, how many tattoos you got there, girl? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, well, first off, I wouldn't even understand what they were saying. That would that would be my first Did you catch what I said? Yeah. How many tattoos do you okay. have, girl, I think is- Yeah, uh, that's- yeah. Um, I have to cover up a lot just to avoid um, like people being harassed, them. but it's normal. It's just totally normal for me. Well, that's, that's why when- um, so I'm, I feel like I am pretty extroverted when it comes to certain, uh, like if I'm at a party or if I'm at like a, which has been a long time um, since <laughs> one of those, but, you know, at an event or something, you know, with a group yeah. of people, I, I'm always uh, annoying. Um, but in general, I hate speaking on the phone. I hate, um, or hate is a strong word. I not a fan of speaking on the phone or not a fan of really going out and saying hi to someone because I know what's going to happen is like, you're not from around here. And then this extrovert mm-hmm. thing yep. comes on. I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm such a... Start you know, talking about the tea and everything. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, my soap <laughs> dick, and uh, which I received today from <laughs> the horny stoner. Well, it's the same thing because anywhere I go, if I'm in a nice car, people assume I'm like a porn star or a sugar baby. So, well, you, and it's you have the G kind of similar. I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> so, so people they're always like, "What do you do? What do you do?" You know, if I sign a form for a massage, ask your occupation. You put self-employed. Um, so it's right. I de- determine yeah. like depending on the person asking me because I do I sell clothes I sell dicks I sell bongs and I sell knives yeah. so if it's like a guy that I'm not interested in he can't see the ring on my finger I'm just like oh I sell you know guns and knives or even though guns I don't sell knives. guns you but the, uh, yeah. um, you know so, it just depends so uh, I guess a question I do have for you so you have a pup you recently got a pup yes mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's something that, um, you know, for, for a year or so I've been like considering getting a pup, but I care for my furniture and all that stuff. So there's like conflict. The, um, there's this show on Netflix. Have you seen it? This guy from uh, California who is like the new dog whisperer. Yes. Yes, I have. And I feel so bougie saying it, but we actually have a dog trainer and she has been working with the puppy, you know, cause he's going to be a hundred pound pit bull. He's like 20 pounds right now. Wow, and the last wow. thing we want is something to happen. Um, yeah. cause it's a big dog community downtown. So anyways, she's been using the words like break and, uh, all break. these different things. Yeah. Yes, fuss <laughs> and break fuss. Like it's so weird. So we yeah. were watching that and it kind of enforced everything she's been teaching the dogs. Um, and it was really interesting. And one of my dreams is to open a sanctuary for pit bulls. Cause here in North Carolina, we have the most dogs that oh. are just left for dead. Um, so wow. it, that's a huge part of my heart and Furniture comes and go. You can always buy new furniture. Um, yeah, you can exactly. Yeah. Spray it with stuff or cover it up, <laughs> but you know, dogs yeah. are just irreplaceable. Yeah, I I'm, unless you I'm, buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, um, but that show. So that I watched the last episode of it this morning, I guess, of that first season, and it is. I don't want to, you know, for anybody that's not watched it, you should watch it because it really is uh, awesome. This guy has so much swagger. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, it's this woman who is running a shelter or I guess a dog rescue and she's mm-hmm. just become overwhelmed because she's just trying to save every dog, mm-hmm. right? And they have, they do have an eight, I think it's an eight month uh, pit bull uh, pup. That, that killed um, another dog. That killed another dog, yeah. And it was, you know, in this environment where all these dogs are there and it's like the kennels and all that stuff. So um, how he was able to take that dog, um, put it in this uh, environment, and how he's got these other dogs that he's trained that will bark on demand. It's so, Im- it's so, so impressive. Cool. It's so cool. So, yeah, it was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be the dog whisperer, but, man, if we could – um, you know, get a dog trainer. I guess that makes sense. It's, it sort of changed my whole perspective on uh, on getting a, a dog. I, I really want to get one now. Yeah, it's. Oh, well, anyway, I'm surprised yeah. you said you're what 46 and you haven't 46. had a dog. It's kind of strange. Well, it's because I'm close to death at this point. So you know, like, <laughs> okay, I'm joking, obviously. What? Well, but, what's uh, up? Like, I really want to know because I'm yeah. an old soul. I think, but what's yes. up with old people hating that they're old? I don't hate that I'm old. What are you going to know? Well, that are like that talk about they're old a lot. It's just an interesting concept to me. I, it's uh, so it, it is a habit of mine. Um, I, I'm an ass and I self deprecate to make up for that. It's I'm teasing myself and I'm also throwing it out there. It's, it's just the way I am. Um, well, am a I lot old? of people are Not that really. way. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but I know that, um, I, I don't look at myself and go, oh, my God, I'm really old. I, I don't. Like, I'm 46. I am st- – there's still so many years left. Uh, and I have, like, oh, my gosh, at least four years. I'm not helping myself here, am I? No, but, um, yeah, I don't <laughs> – Well, hold, hold I don't on, because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm 27, and I feel like I only have three years left to show yeah. that I'm a success for being a young person. Well, no, you, you're doing the 30 under 30 timeline, right? Well, That's I'm really trying because, you know, I made my – 
Such well, bullshit. I made my first million when I was 21 and no one gave a shit. And I was like, well, what like what happens next? How do I again be seen in the professional world? And now I have 18 and 20 year olds working for me and I'm almost a decade older than them. I'm at the this is the first time they're saying lingos that I don't understand. So yeah. I'm in the office like, guess I'm getting old. <laughs> well, you do sound like an old soul because I I remember being 23, 24 years old. And, you know, being a technologist and building internet stuff and being inside a company at that age and the old people who I consider the old people, they had no idea what I was saying. Like, you know, I'm talking about websites and whatever, and they had no idea. Flat, uh, go forward uh, when I'm 31 years old. And I I remember uh, um, specifically that moment where I looked around the room and said, wait, I've become the old person. Like all of a sudden it just dawned on me because, you know, the software engineers are like 23, 24. Some of the seasoned ones are like 26. And it was just like, wait, I, I really have. I've become the old one. Like it was this sudden realization. But I... I think old soul is is a good way of putting it. Like I, I've had that for for a long time, um, but I, I joke around with it. Like I like well, to the, joke around with that. The first benefit I've felt with my newfound age is that I become a lot less nervous when I'm speaking because years ago I, you know, people still wanted to interview or this and that, and I, I like my thoughts come out like fire and I just spew spew. And and now I'm a a little bit of a better listener, I I hope. But now I can do these podcasts and have no plan and have no like big words written down. Um, And it's made me a lot more at ease to go on TikTok live and talk to people because now I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. It's embedded in my soul existence. But in the earlier days, it really was like a traumatizing experience to pretend that I knew what I was talking about. And I went to a Raleigh convention. It was actually a Shopify get together and meetup. And they wanted me to speak about different apps we were using and our success. And I kid you not, this was before I got on my um, (laughs) anti-anxiety medication, but I was sitting there um, getting interviewed and whatnot. And I was sweating so much that when I finally got up, my boots had filled with sweat and I was like sliding out of my shoes. <laughs> I was so nervous. And um, one of the audience members, they did a little course. They did a raise your hand if you have any questions. And someone was like, well, what's your ROI on the so-and-so? And I was like, what's ROI? <laughs> It was just so embarrassing. Right. So now it's it's nice to like get a little older and be like, okay, I know who I am. I can tell employees what to do without feeling like a little kid. And um, there's, I am excited to see what happens in the future because you just start to not take any shit. You know when a toxic person or situation is happening and you just excommunicate it. Yeah, and there's, there's also an element of when you're younger um, – there and I think it's for a good reason. It's just getting the balance of it. There is an element of you're so keen and so uh, you want to learn, and there's an element of like I'm going to fucking do this and endless optimism. Hopefully, 
but there's also like, oh shit, yeah. like I got to figure it out. And the that older person knows it. I remember reading books and getting so nervous um, when I was trying to be uh, be this uh, uh, engineering leader, and it'd be like, oh my god, yeah. I've got to learn time management, like. And I remember buying this book mm-hmm. and it was like all about time management and all these structures. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so terrible. I don't know time management. I'm going to suck. I'm yeah. going to fail. How do you communicate? Like all this. And I think as you get older, what you learn is that, um, sure, there's there are certain things that you can pick up over time and you'll uh, improve on, but you also have to be comfortable with that. Um, yeah, we're going to figure it out. Like I'm comfortable not knowing everything. And it turns out uh, as you get older, you realize more and more people don't uh, know. Uh, well, most people don't know everything as well, right? That's like a realization you have is like, oh, wait, uh, the mm-hmm. adults don't have it figured out. <laughs> like we we thought they did. I mean, we're, we're all just really kids and adult bodies, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but some some people won't admit to that. And, and those are the not so great, right? When you have those interactions with people that, um, uh, I, when I worked in agencies, I worked in this one large agency, digital agency, and I think I got away with it because I have the accent. So I'm like a Gordon Ramsay without the guns. Um, so I'm in this room and there's all the, you know, all these smart people and we have this uh, client in there, you know, it's a, uh, like a $80 million a month project. Like there's a lot of money being spent on this project and they're talking along the same lines as like ROI and all of that stuff. Right. So they're bringing up these terms and everybody in that room and I'm talking, I'm 33 years old and there's, you know, uh, like associate people in there that are like 21 years old and they're all, they're all nodding. So this is like me. This is like me in the clubhouse the other day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm there and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what they just said, but everybody in this room knows what they just said. I, I'm going to totally ask, uh, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what that term is. Help me understand that. Um, and there's an element as you get older that you're like, you know, by that point in time, I was like, you know what? I can get away with a certain amount because of the accent and be <laughs> be like kind of cheeky. Um, and also, I'm kind of not wanting to bullshit here. Like, I feel like it will be fundamentally yeah. a problem later on if I pretend now that I understand and later on I've just got to continue mm-hmm. making this shit up because of then. That moment I didn't choose mm-hmm. uh, to do the right thing. So and it really I adds it to your charm as well. It does. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of uh, a comedian called um, Eddie Izzard? Mm-mm. So um, Eddie Izzard, I grew up with Eddie Izzard. Um, a transvestite stand-up comedian, Eddie Izzard, if you will, um, and his best comedy. I actually, I think her best comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is Dress to Kill, and he. Um, but I think he does a skit. I don't think it's in Dress to Kill where he's talking about like that realization where if you own up to things, people respect you so much more. <laughs> so he's going on about. And I, sorry, I, I broke. I broke the uh, table. Oh, I just kicked your cat out the window. And like, he obviously uh, takes it over to the extreme. But um, yeah, I, 
I think you're right. There is that element of, um, again, vulnerability in the right environment with the right people. Um, it shows that you're human. And it also, you're. we're all there. It's just that um, it, it, it's, uh, and I think this also works for brands, making yourself transparent and vulnerable and relatable. This is not... Uh, this is not rocket science. It's just like, how can you peel away the layers of bullshit and just be real? Like, that's really what it comes down to. And it's not fucking easy. For me, at least, I don't know. Um, I, I'd say it's not fair to say this is generally for everybody. But for me, that's been well, so difficult because <clears throat> I feel like I spent so much time putting a facade on of professionalism. Well, with, with sex work, a lot of people don't start because <clears throat> they think they don't embody what a sex worker should look like, um, especially online with all the, you know, editing and Instagram yeah. models. So yeah. it's very um, disheartening to me that you are putting this boundary and hurdle in front of yourself of being inauthentic because you're worried of what other people will say, because at the end of the day, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say what you're scared of. But if you already put it out there, like, oh, I have, you know, these pimples on my butt or I have a big nose, you already put it out there and then they can't shame you for it. So it's just like you said, when you're at that meeting and you're like, well, what does this mean? You know, then they can't really make fun of you for down the road, not knowing because you already put yourself out there. And there's a beauty in that in men or women. They want to connect with virtual um, adult entertainers to have that authentic somewhat relationship with That's someone who's a real person and not just a robot. Um, but I know we're getting into like psychology, which is always a never ending conversation yeah. for me. And but. I'm I'm the least qualified to that. <laughs> I would I would say the one example of this that uh, I don't know if you're familiar with probably are um, Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. So the inquirer were black. We're trying to blackmail him, right? With the, they had photos of his penis um, <laughs> that somehow his girlfriend's brother had got a hold of or something like that. And they were like, we're going to put these pictures out there. Bezos. Um, and Bezos basically was like, okay, fine. Um, and wrote a medium blog post like, yep, there are some dick pics of me and uh, this this is the background. This company has been trying to blackmail me and completely diffused it. Like mm -hmm. amazing. <laughs> like, it just completely diffused that ability for them to, they it took away their weapon. Um, and they, it, yeah, sort of it's, turned it's it around, owning, so, yeah. owning your power and taking it back. And yeah. that's really the epitome of, you know, if you're going to, um, look at my body or, you know, pleasure yourself over my body for free. Um, yet you're going to get angry at me when I charge you for it, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So it's, um, it's an interesting thing we're all navigating. Um, but I do want to ask one more okay. question cause you have your, um, your woman sitting in the room. I do. Briefly, how do you navigate work and personal relationships and, is it, who's it more difficult for in a sense? Uh, that, uh, wow. Cause that's so always with, something we all have to, to navigate through. It, it is. And I would say the, there's a reason why I've been married twice and divorced twice. <laughs> um, so I have in the past failed miserably at balancing, you know, I always prioritize work and career. Um, Same. and, um, I think in, in especially my last 
um, marriage uh, breakdown. It was because I took things for granted and, and in the relationship and um, was prioritized on work. Like work was my measurement of success uh, more than my uh, personal relationship. Mm-hmm. With, the, um, with my lady in the room, um, so I'm fortunate in that she's also a very busy lady. Like she kicks ass every day. I see her. She's in uh, software sales. She has to fight for every inch because she's one of uh, two female salespeople on a male-dominated sales team. And seemingly, I mean, I'm seeing this, what men are not having to fight for, um, she's having to fight for um, because of whatever it is, whether it's well, she's a I, woman. I admire I you. I admire you a lot for even um, recognizing that because I think we hear that a lot, like white male dominated society and some men get tired of hearing that and they're like, well, what about us? So I I really admire that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, The, the thing, uh, so we've had uh, lots of therapy. We've been dating for two and a half years. We've had love therapy. Therapy is okay. Therapy is awesome. Um, I'm a, a huge Peter Gabriel fan. And uh, as, a, as a young lad listening to Peter Gabriel, and I always remember him having this song and it was about his therapy. It was like, oh, that's interesting. Therapy isn't a thing to be ashamed of. And it still took me years to mm-hmm. internalize that. But yeah, I, I think uh, therapy is a fantastic thing. Um, so we've had uh, lots of therapy We've had our ups and downs when it comes to how we, especially over the past year or so, how we deal with um, alcohol. Um, and um, mm-hmm. I've, I used to be a few years ago, it was like 255 pounds. Um, and uh, I'm a lot lighter now. So struggled with weight. So eating, like eating, like I, I've had this issue for years where I like to binge eat. Um, so sort of, Mm -hmm. we've been on this journey together, um, and she's been very forgiving of me, which is awesome. Uh, and I'm very lucky for it. And yeah, we just communicate. Like one thing that we've started doing is, Mm -hmm. um, playing, I don't know where the game is. We got a game last night and Christine is really responsible for this, um, but we got uh, a pop trivia game and we just sat there um, when we were about to watch the movie, but Christine was like, let's, let's play this game. I'm like, all right. And we play this game and (laughs) it's just awesome. Like we were just, you know, we get very competitive. She kicks my ass at every game that we play. It's embarrassing. Um, But there's also one more thing. Okay. I want to know your signs too. Oh, I'm not into that. Well, I just want to know. Well, well, so I'm a Sag. Okay. Um, uh, what sign are you, Christine? A Scorpio. That's my girl. That's uh, you're getting some uh, arm gestures. Yeah. yeah. She is the most powerful in the room. She's Let's the just say that. Yeah, you're the most powerful in the room, which I agree with. But another thing that's been very helpful for us has been, so, you know, being on the phones is a problem. Like, and I I assume this uh, has been something you've 
have been dealing with with social media, right? So social media is a huge platform. Um, so, you know, your operations, running a business, your marketing, your, your, um, your family, the people that um, you're on social media with. Um, I've started to get into the social media stuff as part of the marketing for Shapiro. It's hard to put the phone down. So I found the perfect solution for it, and that is Do tell. Uh, vintage Game Boys. You can get them off eBay. Um, and I have some. I have two. You have a like the original Game Boy. No fancy shit. Mm-hmm. Like it takes yes. four batteries. No. They last ten minutes. Like yes. it's awesome. Um, and Tetris. Um, I, we, I love. I have my super. Yep, Tetris, go. Super, super Smash Mario. Brothers, Super or Smash Mario. Brothers. Yeah. So yes. um, that's uh, we ended up getting four Game Boys. We purchased them off eBay because we were like, "Who's wait? Are you going to the bathroom?" Where's the Game Boy? So we had to buy more Game Boys just to make sure we got back up for when the other person's going to the bathroom. But it's great. Like, so um, to well, get what, back to what do you question, do with yeah. the Game Boy instead of the phone? Play on the Game Boy. I was, I was saying, what Play do you a do game with the, Tetris. instead of the phone? Yeah. Because on the phone, it's endless. It's endless consumption. Like, yeah. it's like, and it's also it's a black hole. for your mental health. Um, Places mm-hmm. like Twitter and the news and especially last year, like <laughs> all the shit that was happening last year, politically, oh, lockdowns. It's just like another reason to to amplify all of those insecurities that you have. And um, So the Game Boy is just simple. You switch it on, you play a game, you switch it off, and then you can show off on how many lines you got on Tetris. And Christine is totally kicking my ass on that, but... Um, so yeah, I of course at just spending well, there, time with each other. Um, that's, um, being mindful of of when we're busy. There's a but, yeah mindfulness. Yeah, um, there's a documentary on Netflix. Yeah, it's called The Social Dilemma. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, my God, yeah. Well, that one really brought to light. I know it was a lot of people who worked at companies like Google, et cetera, and yeah. how they really and wanted to do um, time management on phones to, so that we wouldn't run into this problem of this black hole addiction. Right. Um, and one of the things they said at the end, it was after the credits, this guy said, one thing I do, you know, first off, all their kids have restrictions, which yeah. is important, yeah. I assume. I don't have a kid, but um, I he do. said My I turned off. kids don't have phones. They don't have well, those. he said, I turn off all my notifications. He's like, I go in every app and turn off all notifications besides text messages. So when you wake up, you don't have this rapport of all the things you need a black hole into. So I did that. And yes, I probably don't respond to a lot of things I need to, but I noticed there's like a three hour significance of cut down just by not having the beep, 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 beep yeah. all day that because I run, I have eight stream, Instagram yeah. accounts three TikToks, all the YouTube, everything. And I, you know, used to post three times a day on each one. So it, it was, I wish I could take back all the time I overspent, but um, that would be my suggestion after that documentary was watched. That's pretty awesome. I I also make a point. I haven't flown on a plane in a while, but whenever I fly on a plane, I don't work. Like that is always my shut off time. Is it legal to, is it legal to edit porn on a plane? Cause that's usually what I do. Um, I, as long as you sat at the back, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Timmy, what's going on? Oh, what do I do for a living, Timmy? Well, here you go. Here you go. Uh, 
Oh yeah. gosh, should we, should we end it on that? I'm really bad at outros. Uh, yeah, I'm well. <laughs> I'm British. That's hours. a British problem. We don't know how to say hello or goodbye. It's very awkward. <laughs> well, but I thank I, you it was for the. A... Oh. Uh, I'm just. I'm going to go first because you've just sent me so much stuff. Okay. And I'm being very rude, but thank you for Jasmine's no, hot d- mouth. What? Um, the soap dick, the the cock ring, the cum rag, the big dick energy hat, and the I just I'm just gonna say this one more time because I love saying this. The t-shirt that says "Dry fast, eat ass." I mean, you're awesome, and and we I mean I'm, I am the team are um, we're all big fucking fans of what you're doing, um, and yeah. I just just hey. want to say, keep kicking ass. I uh, I express the gratitude mutually. There are no words to describe these last two months, and it would not have been possible without Ship Hero. So, yay! Um, I yay. think it would have been. It would have just been more difficult. But I'm glad. I'm glad we're a part of it. Yep. So, anywho, uh, do you have anything to tell the sluts who are listening who want to be future uh, Nicholas? Um, hold on, let me give the full. Future, uh, oh God, you have a great name. Fu- who want to be future Nicholas Daniel Richards? Oh, that's right, the uh, hyphenated last name. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm an idiot who has always believed in following, like what that there is a pragmatic balance of you got to pay your bills, but also following what you want to do and be good. Like it's, it's simple as that, and. I would hope human. to see, yeah, just be a good human. Don't be an asshole. Um, sometimes you fail, but try and pick yourself up. But the, I don't know, it, I, I'm terrible for giving advice, obviously, but anybody out there that's looking to, you know, the side hustle or you're dealing with some shit in your life. Um, one thing that I learned through going through a couple of divorces and, and all of that stuff was the shit doesn't last forever. One is at some point it's going to get better. Just get yourself through it. Love yourself uh, a bit more. And, get therapy. Yeah, get therapy and um, drink lots of tea. There you go. Well, thank you for coming on the Sludge of Podcast. Again, it was a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.